The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you all here, but I'm even more excited for our guest today. He is the president. President of Midas Estates International, Mr. Marcus Rogers. Marcus, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Cody, for having me on your platform. Like it, like we were talk, talking about a little bit earlier, man. I, I can't be any better. So, I, I honestly, I appreciate you joining us. For those that might be hearing your voice, seeing your face for the first time, hopefully not. But just in case they are, we always love to start out with a good origin story. So, tell us where you're from, how you got into real estate, and w- what you really find yourself doing these days. Well, to make a long story short, my name is Marcus. I was born in Harlem, raised in the Bronx, go Yankees. And I was uh, raised in the Bronx. I still live in New York City. You know, I had a two, I lived in a two parent household. I didn't really have, you know, extreme poverty situations. At the same time, I still always wanted to strive better. When I was a kid, I saw a movie called Richie Rich. And when I saw his lifestyle, I said, wow, that's something that I want. Because everything around my environment wasn't, was the total opposite of what I saw in his lifestyle. When I saw the movie, I'm like, okay, it's possible. So along the way, I got it. My mother put me in, um, in different programs to have different experiences in life, to step out of my comfort zone. And I had an opportunity to uh, do some private catering for wealthy people's homes, at wealthy people's homes. So while I was catering at wealthy people's homes, I had the opportunity to see how people live, their conversations, like everything, their mannerism, it was just different. And then I would go back home and it was the complete opposite. So I said to myself, there's something that they're doing that we're not doing. So I started to like really network and started started to get involved and build relationships with people in that industry. That opportunity led me to intern at Atlantic Records. While I was in Atlantic Records, I also got to see another side of the flashy lifestyle, but also how people talk, their mindset, how they live. And from that experience, I started my own entertainment company and it was short-lived. I did a uh, business with a lot of, you know, hip hop stars and pop stars that people know of today. It was short-lived, I hit rock bottom and I had to find myself a job. So I started working at the Boys and Girls Club and I had an amazing experience there. So I was there for about six years and I had that itch of entrepreneurship again. So long story short, I was a part of a network marketing company. Robert Kiyosaki was the guest speaker at a conference. So when he was the guest speaker, he was excited about being $300 million in debt. And he was so excited about debt. And and I was confused because in school, we're taught to stay away from debt, you know, go to school, get a good job retire when you're 70 and then live the rest of your life. But when I went to that conference where Robert Kiyosaki was talking, $300 million in debt, he was smiling, he was happy. And I I didn't get it, it didn't connect. I went home that day and I was pondering for for about two weeks, like why was he so happy? So I started doing research on Robert Kiyosaki and who who was his uh, counterparts and stuff like that. And he had a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. And when I bought that book, it changed everything. It changed my whole paradigm. It was like a eureka moment. Like it just, it changed everything. And from that moment, 
I invested in all his books, the Rich Dad Company books from tax-free wealth to the ABCs of property management. Even he's, he, he even has a book that's not even in, in the Rich Dad Company. It's called The Real Book of Real Estate. It's a big book, but you guys can check it out. I was all in and I started playing a cash flow ball game online. And then I was so all in, I invested in Robert Kiyosaki's private coaching for investors. So it was a group of his investors that actually were teachers doing what they were teaching about. So within a short period of time, I, you know, I invested in this, in this uh, private coaching. And then within three months, I was able to get my first property with no money and no credit. And that approach was seller financing. So that's how I got involved within real estate. Man, I absolutely love it. I know we were talking right before we hit record. I mean, I call it a little purple Bible, like, the first time you read that and you have that realization that a lot of, like you were saying, a lot of what we're taught in school is not always the best appropriate way to think about things, especially if you're trying to drive some long-term wealth. It's not the save till you get to 70, hope you don't run out of money, you know, until the time that you, you need it. it. It's something that you, debt is not bad as long as it's good debt and you're leveraging it correctly. So all, all those concepts and things that Robert talks about and that we continue to learn and focus on, I mean, it's just game and life changing, like you said. So I absolutely love it. You know, I'm sure we could sit here and talk about all the lessons we learned in those books, but I, what I want to talk about today are some of the, the unsuccessories, things that you've learned going through kind of the school of hard knocks, being in the trenches, being in real estate that can help myself and our audience on learning from some of those mistakes you've probably had along the way. My first unsuccessful was my first deal, actually. It was a seller financing deal, and how I found the property was on Craigslist. And I'm not saying Craigslist is bad, because the deal that I found because of Craigslist was a great deal. But along the way, I made so many mistakes along the way that I learned from it. When I reached out to the seller via Craigslist, I you know, offered my deal, like, hey, I would like to take over the property. And I would like to meet you in person. And it was all the way in Binghamton. So whoever don't live in New York, I live in New York City. Binghamton is about four hours away by car. At the time, I had no car. My money was a little, you know, dry. So I took a bus and I couldn't take a plane. So I took a bus, which was a six hour ride all the way there. And at the time when I went up there, I had no money. Before I get any further, you don't need money to get started. And I think a lot of people have this, they allow themselves to be hindered in this mindset. If I don't have money, I can't get started. And that's further from the truth. Because when I started, I had no money. But back to the story, you know, went to Binghamton, met the seller, looked at the property. I was so excited. I didn't really, I really didn't do that too much due diligence. I didn't hire an inspector. I wanted to do everything myself. I wanted Mm. to save money. So instead of hiring an inspector, I inspected it. It was like, oh, everything, <laughs> everything looks good. Oh, really? Oh, okay. This it looks, it looks nice. Long story short, I was able to get the property and the seller, he lived on the first floor. He moved. He had tenants upstairs. So having a tenant upstairs was perfect, but getting the other tenant was a challenge. I went on Craigslist, created an ad to find a tenant. I found a tenant. She was a section eight tenant. I did not screen her at all. Listen, I did not screen the tenant. I was so excited. I just ignored everything that I learned and thought I knew everything. 
I let ego get involved. And I said, you know, I could do this myself. So I, I didn't screen the tenant. I was, so the tenant moved in and within a week, I started dealing with these tenant issues. And I'm like, this is not what I had in mind. I'm thinking- This isn't what the books talked about. This is not what it talked about. This is what I'm thinking. At first, I, I saw the property as just a property, not a business. When I, when I got involved, I just saw the property. I didn't think about a business, you know, income expenses and repairs. It's a business. Every property that you invest in is a business. Within a week, I started having issues with the tenant. And she kind of knew that I wasn't experienced because I, 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 was, uh, I showed all my cards. She had my number. She knew too much about me. So as far as like any, any, any little repairs that needed to be done, like for a light bulb, she was, she called me, Hey, the light bulb went out. I'm like, okay, you can't go to the store. She was like, no, I need it right now. Or you won't get your payment. So I had to call off of work, go all the way to Binghamton just to get a light bulb. So it's been many situations where it was a lot of nuances that I was dealing with it. It's been times where she was a Section 8 tenant, but she was a, uh, responsible for part of the, the rent. There was times where she said she couldn't pay the rent because she had no, she, she didn't have access to a car to get to the bank. All these excuses, and I let it slide. And one thing that I learned is you cannot, even though you're providing housing, which is essential for everybody, at the same time, it is a business. Because the mortgage, the bank doesn't care at all. At the end of the day, the first or whatever the due date is, they want their money. I gave the tenant an inch. She took a mile and two miles. And that's all my fault, right? I'm 100% accountable. And at the time, it wasn't funny, but I can laugh now. Right. Yeah. Now that you're separated from it. Yeah. Long story short, as it's going along, mind you, for about six months, I'm self-managing it. Because I was I had the cheap, the 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 lack mindset of wanting to save money, not hiring a professional. And I highly recommend, like, if you're our way, our more way, I highly recommend to get a property manager, the right property manager, because not all property managers are created equal. You have to do your, your homework on that. But just to get the right property manager to manage your property. Because I was self-managing for six months. And I had a great experience because I learned a lot, but it was wear and tear in my body, my mental. It was just, it was a headache. What you lost in, in, in value and in some of that time and, you know, potential money you were trying to save, you probably gained on the next, the next deals, learning through that and experiencing through that. I think a lot of us, when we try to find that, when we're getting that first deal, we're so excited. Yeah. That we we forget a lot of the fundamentals, the things that we we were studying and reading about and listening to on YouTube and podcasts and all these things. And we go to conferences, we meet other people. We get so excited about the opportunity to start our business, to be that entrepreneur, to to do the things that we've always dreamed to be doing. And this is our first stepping stone that sometimes we miss it. And, and we the fundamentals break down. You know, I come from a coaching background. My dad was a high school football coach. So he has, you know, the fundamentals blocking and tackling. If you don't get those right, you know, you're just, you're not going to get where you want to be. And it sounds like, you know, you experienced some of that, but I would imagine what you learned in, in those struggling times. And like you said, you can laugh about it now, but then it was a struggle, but I'm sure you applied that down the road and understanding what to do and what not to do on the future properties. Oh, absolutely. 
like you said, the fundamentals is key. And I, I suggest, I highly suggest for anybody out there, once you get your property, don't stop studying. I stopped studying. I thought you like I let my emotions get the best of me and I just stopped studying and thought I, I knew it all. And I stopped studying. I stopped listening to podcasts, learning from others, you know, learning from other people's mistakes. The tenant was getting involved with the seller and the actual the seller took the property away from me. I was just so overwhelmed going through that. I said, you know what? I'm going to let that go. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get another one and I'm going to get another one. And now from my experience from that one, I, I do my due diligence. I keep it fundamental. I don't let tenants know who I am, only if necessary. But for most cases, I don't let them know who I am. Any, any property that I get now, I interview property managers because not all property managers are created equal. So I, I do at least, I research about five to six property managers that's around that property. And then I narrow it down to like two. And then I go out there and interview them. And a good book by uh, Ken McElroy, he has a book called The ABCs of Property Management. And I go with that book as a guide. And I say, okay, let me write these questions down. So when I go to the property managers, wow, you, you must be a pro. And I'm like, you know, I have experience. Right. And based on your posture and based on the, the verbiage that you use, they have, they're familiar. Okay, he knows what he's talking about. So that helps me along the way as far as vetting property managers, making sure they pick the right tenant, and just building that rapport with, with our property managers to expand my portfolio. Man, I, I love that, Marcus. And I think that's a key thing is, you know, don't be afraid to, to come in one show, you know, being prepared, but there's nothing wrong. Like write stuff down, have it prepared ahead of time. Like you don't have to remember it off the top of your head. You know, a lot of us are still relatively new at this game and we don't have 10, 15 years experience. So it's not second nature. It's okay to walk in with stuff prepared, written down to think about. I mean, we got a lot of stuff we got going on in our lives, let alone what we're trying to do from a uh, business standpoint. So I, th- I love that idea of leveraging and having things to go off of and being prepared to talk to them because you do come across and can separate yourself from others that are maybe trying to do the same thing. Marcus, I, I, that's probably as good enough spot as ever. I appreciate you coming on and, and speaking about this kind of stuff, being humble enough to talk about some of the struggles you had early on. I really love your story and I, and I know you're destined to do some great things. So I, I really do appreciate you coming on this morning. Appreciate it, Cody. I, I appreciate the opportunity, you know, being on your platform. And at the end of the day, it's about, you know, building relationships to learn from others. Well, those that maybe want to learn from you, work with you, you know, whatever it may be, how do people find you out there on the interwebs? Well, I do have an Instagram. I mean, it's still, you know, fairly new, but my Instagram is I am Mr dot rogers with a d like mr rogers neighborhood but and you can reach me dm me and i'll you know from time to time i educate the youth about financial literacy in a fun way so if you need me to come out and speak definitely do that man i i love that even more man got we got to educate people at younger and younger so it's not you know in your late 20s 30s 40s sometimes when you're finding out about some of the stuff you wish you would have done it so i absolutely love that Marcus, again, thanks for joining us, man. It's been a pleasure having you on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Hey, and thanks everyone for listening and watching at home. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.